1: please seek the help of a medical practitioner before quitting alcohol. This podcast comes to you from beautiful Bunjalung country. Please kick back and enjoy. Grab yourself your favorite alcohol-free bevy. And if you haven't already, do a gal a favor. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Monday Distillery, who makes sophisticated, elk-free drinks that still have all the taste of a good time g and without the tears, whiskey without the wobbles, and other delicious cocktails too. Switching the ritual instead of ditching the ritual is so much easier. Stay in high spirits, keep a clear mind. Head to MondayDistillery.com for more. Are you sick of feeling controlled by alcohol? Do you want to drink less? Do you wake up on a Sunday morning feeling really anxious and full of regret? I'm Danny Carr and welcome to my podcast, How I Quit Alcohol. Hi, and welcome back to How I Quit Alcohol today in the Zoom room, joined yet again by my wonderful mate, Mark Persa. How are you, Mark?
0: Hey Danny. Yeah, really good. Really it's... good. How are you?
1: I'm really great. Just want to say thank you for being my friend.
0: Oh. Hmm. I'm gonna grab that and, and just hold on to that one for a little moment. It's not often you get those. Friends who stop you and just go, Hey, thanks. I appreciate you. Like that sort of stuff is I'm gonna grab it, hold on to it for a little while. It made my heart sing for a little bit.
1: Oh good and, good I, and I
0: and I'll and I'll throw it back to you. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you. I feel like we're journeying together.
1: Me too. We're I love it. Journeying together. I feel like you came into my life at this time where I was just ready to go a bit further and go a bit deeper. And the things mm. that you've introduced me to through doing that course with you, but even before, like before I did the meditation breathwork training with you, just the conversations that we were having on the podcast and, and really diving mm. deep, going deep into yoga nidra. I mean, that just blew my world and has changed my life. My mm. nervous system, my relationships, it's just been incredible, a lifesaver. And mm. I, I definitely, I don't think I wouldn't have gone as deeply into that without the conversations that we had around it and what you taught me about it. So I'm just so eternally grateful. And I remember on our last, the, the retreat that we did, the first retreat we did at the end, and I was saying how, when I was nervous to ask you about doing a retreat together, and you were like, yeah, sure. <laughs> And I just felt so stoked and I just thought, wow, this human is just brilliant. And so, yeah, you've taught me so much. And the reason I wanted to get you back in today was to, well, say thank you, but also to talk about the importance of the people that we hang around with, the people that we surround ourselves with and choose to look up to and get some guidance from is so important and the community. So, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah. It's something that I think has popped up in our chats over the years here and there, but it's it's a, a really important thing to, to double down on. Well, I just want to just rewind for a second something that came to my mind, the old chestnut. When the student is ready, the teacher appears, but I'm not sure who's the student and who's the teacher. I, mean, I certainly ran a course that you did, but I feel like I'm learning a lot from the journey that we're sharing together as well. So you're constantly introducing new information and your our propensity to to study and to research and to explore all the elements around personal well-being recovery evolution uh harmonizing of the nervous system it's fascinating stuff and it keeps me interested and exploring and i love that for me just to saturate my i love to surround myself with people who are in that zone it's just like cool i'm just constantly being gifted with new little Snippets and uh, of of wonderful information which inspire and educate encourage me to keep going, but also just that friendship that you have along the way with people of like, yeah, me too, I'm in it. Yep. I have the same sort of values. It's it's valuable for me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What you just said just rang true for me. Then I went, oh yes. Last night I took my current challenge group and some of the grads. We just did a breathwork session, for mm. part of the challenge, and before we got on the call, one of the the current group were having a bit of a struggle. And when we all got onto the group, we were sort of talking about that. And some of the grads, the older grads, we shared and I shared about times when I'd struggled in the past and how, you know, just how sometimes you've just got to go to bed or we all struggle. And just being able to talk to this lady who was struggling and hearing the other grads talk It's like I'm the student yet again, even though I'm sort of sharing some experience that I've had, but I'm also remembering, I'm also listening Mm -hmm. to other people as they share, and we are all students, aren't we? Yeah, someone's once referred to the people in my group as my students, and I'm thinking they're not my students. We're just Mm -hmm. people doing this thing together and learning from each other.
0: Comrades, you're just showing them the path that you've explored from a little bit further ahead. I have to go through this with my teacher training, students and people have that fear of like, oh my goodness, I'm like, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not ready for this. It's like all you have to do is just show somebody what you've just done and explain how that thing that you've done makes you feel, where it has got you to. And all you need to do is be a little bit further along the path. If I'm showing you Nadi Shodan, alternate nostril breathing, all I have to do is no Nadi Shodan. I don't have to be a master of yoga. I don't have to be enlightened. I don't have to be anything. I just need to have some experience of how to do that practice correctly and have some understanding of what the potential effects of that practice are. So that singular thing is just, hey, I'm just, this is something that was shown to me. It has value. It's been useful for me. I want to pass that on to you You and because I think it's going to have value to you.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think with everything that, say, I put into my challenges or when I'm working one-on-one with people, I mean, I've studied lots, but I'll only ever put into those when I'm working with someone or working with people is what's mm. worked for me. So if I've gone and studied something, I thought, no, nah, that doesn't ring true. It doesn't work for me. Like, it might sound mm. good on paper. It might sound intelligent. But if it doesn't work for me, yeah. then why would I expect <clears throat> it to work for someone else? And then I'm just talking bullshit, yeah.
0: right? Yeah. And acknowledging that different things work for different people yeah. as well. Yeah. Like, that's the... The destination for all of us, I think, is fairly similar. We just want to be happy and content and and, and well. And there's different people who struggle with different things, whether that's addiction, alcohol, uh, different types of substances or behaviors that seem to sort of catch a hold of us. So that's where that commonality of experience really helps. And that commonality of purpose of like, okay, we'll say it is alcohol. Like I have had a, a challenge in my life with alcohol. And there's people who go you know, a long way down the hole with that. There's people who basically nearly kill themselves on, on alcohol. And, and some of those people end up in long-term rehabilitation centers and they need hospitals and they and need, and need a lot of acute care. Uh, there's a lot of people, and I think that you attract a lot of those sort of people who haven't had that quite catastrophic end result to their drinking, but it's still significant enough to go, Hey, I actually need some help with this and I want to get some help. So being able to sort of come in at that level and go from my experience, this is where I ended up. It ended up this, it wasn't pleasant. I found a place where I wasn't comfortable with myself. And these are the steps that I took. This is the journey that I've had. These are the things that I've used upon my journey to get to where I am today. Maybe they can be useful for you. I'm happy to pass them on to you, and I think most. And it's going to be different. If I showed something about my my story of recovery, is going to be different to yours, and likewise. And you know, I think everyone should be encouraged to find their own individual journey of recovery. We're all going to the same place, as we've discussed, and having that commonality of like you and I can share our experiences, things that have worked for us, our hopes for the future, but. My day still looks different to yours. We're not doing all the same things, but there's that beautiful crossover where we can merge, we can share our experiences, but we don't have to feel like, oh, I I need to do it. I need to be Danny. I don't need to be Danny. There's only one Danny. You're the only one qualified. Likewise, I'm the only one really truly qualified to be me.
1: 100%. The great thing is, though, too, when we do learn things and pass and share knowledge, I guess we're just creating path for other people to learn as well and to say, this is what made a difference to me. And that's Mm. why hanging around with people, we've got to be very careful about who we spend our time with because Mm. we're learning from, we're absorbing information from the people that we're around. If I want to know how to be a real trash bag, then I go and hang out with trash bags. If I want to know how to settle my nervous system and work on practices that are going to raise my own vibration. It's good to hang around people like that. Mm, I'm not going to learn that stuff from someone that's fucked up in the pub or someone that's (laughs) trashing themselves every week, and that's not who I want to learn from. The thing is we are learning from people all the time, don't you think, Mark? Like
0: Mm.
1: whenever we're around someone, we're picking up, because that's the human nature, that's like our, our mind is getting this imprint and we're so we're kind of learning our cues, obviously more so when we're younger. But the more we hang around people, perhaps, that are not in our vibration, we kind of end up meeting them where they're at. Unless mm. we're really freaking strong, I guess, in our own practice, I mean, yeah. Mm. But this is why community is so important. And I know for myself, where I am now, I work so hard to work on myself that I really protect my energy. So mm. I limit my exposure to people who I find are on a different frequency for me. And that's not being up myself. It's not me thinking I'm better than anyone else because I Mm. never think that. But I think, no, I don't want that. What you're putting out, I don't want in my precious little bubble that I've created because it's important to me to stay well. Absolutely. It's not that I don't ever hang out with people that are on a different wavelength and sometimes that's necessary too because we can also learn from them. I might learn how I don't want to be when I hang out with people that aren't (laughs) quite where I want to be. It's important. It's really important who we hang mm. out with, who we spend our time with, who we're learning from, who we're taking our cues from. I remember you said recently you'd been hanging out with someone that was pretty high-wired person and might have been mm. probably taking ice and things like that, and it rattled your nervous system for a bit mm. too. Really so, did. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's so much to reflect upon there. The way that I see the human being is that essentially we're creatures of vibration. I mean, you, you brought that. Well, the you other know, people who are on like my mark we literally are creatures of vibration. You're a, a piece of music. I'm a piece of music. And whereas I'm a song, you're a song, you're at a death metal concert and you're a jazz song, it's going to affect your jazz song. And that literally, if you come into close contact with other people who are playing, who are out of harmony over a period of time, two things can happen. If you look at the law of osmosis, which is, I mean, this is science. There's a, a scientific principle that the law of osmosis, that two imbalances of what's talking more about in that case volume density of energy they're they're going to try and equalize ultimately but so you're going to try and find harmony with whatever space that you're in There's there's an old saying in recovery circles that if you hang out in a barber shop for long enough you're going to want to get a haircut so if you hang out at the pub and yeah. people who stop drinking and go, Oh, I just want to go and hang out at the pub because I don't really want to give up that pub lifestyle. And if you go and look, I'd go to the pub from time to time. I know you go to pubs, but you're going there for a reason, right? You're not just going out there to hang out and watch the football and it's just, you know, hang out with the crew. It's, it's, and that could be really challenging for people. If your social group has been built around the pub, for example, and you decide for whatever reason for yourself, the alcohol's not working for me, but your social group, your bunch of friends are still all hanging out at the pub every Friday night. There's going to be a bit of a rub there. I mean, we can't really, we could dance around that, but yeah, the truth is in my experience, and my observation, if you keep hanging out at the pub, even though you, you might stop drinking for a little while, I'm just going to switch to something else sooner or later, that's going to become a problem. Uh, you're probably going to have an alcoholic drink again. And maybe that's okay. I don't know. But if you're truly committed to living life without alcohol, then you're going to need to find yourself something else. And thankfully, the good news is, is that there's lots of other people out there who aren't at the pub. And in fact, in my experience, those people are often a lot more interesting. But that said, you can still go to the pub, but you just go there for a reason. If I go to a pub now, it's either to get a meal To catch up with friends, quite specifically and intentionally, but in which case I'd probably only ever stay for a a few drinks and then get out of there. Whereas usually, when I was drinking, I'd be like a few drinks, okay, now I'm in, (laughs) and and I would never really ever leave until I absolutely had to leave. But these days, I do find hanging out with people as they get watching them get drunk. The conversations tend to deteriorate, and the experience gets less satisfying but you need to choose quite consciously where you hang out with we, and to some extent where, where you don't go but i think what's really important what i'm really into these days and this idea of choosing more what you want and finding things that align with that finding people that align with that because we're not supposed to be on our own. I think that's one of the fundamental understandings of, and I I did this, I am sort of, this is from my experience. I tried to stop drinking on my own, which meant that I wasn't hanging out with a lot of my friends and I was bored. I was really lonely. I got depressed. I'm like, I'm just I can't go out because all my friends are out there drinking. I needed to find something else and I, and I, there was a period of time when I didn't. and then, But then there also was times when I did. Now I have a, a rich, full social life, as as much socialising as I need, and I can choose when I socialise or when I don't socialise, but I certainly have that nurturing from other humans, which is super important. We are designed, we're a tribal animal. We are designed to be around other people.
1: We need community, don't we? But I think maybe taking a moment to just look and think about our community. What's our community like? I really try and hang out with people that I aspire to be like, Someone that's got something that I, I can learn from that's in line with my values. I like to hang out with people that are aspiring to something, but I don't want to hang out with someone that's just aspiring to be rich for the sake of being rich, because mm. that's that's not in line with my values, perhaps. Fine for them. I'm not judging. but that's not what I'm probably more wanting to hang out with people that are just aspiring to do better, to be better, mm. to have gratitude. I find that if I'm hanging around people that are super negative, I can even get on the phone sometimes. And mm. if the conversation just keeps, or if a friend keeps calling me who's super negative, I end up on that same pattern too. Then I might start getting sucked into a bit of that conversation and I don't feel mm. good afterwards. Uh, my body tells me, no, I feel a bit yuck. I don't want that. Mm. So I, I really do try and shut as much of that out now as I can. And I try and engage in conversations with people that want to have a healthy mind, that want wellness. Mm. That want the good stuff and don't want to be stuck on the negative all the time because they're fuck God. There's so much good around.
0: Positivity and optimism is a huge part of it for me. I'm always looking for people who are optimistic, and that it's it's one of the core essences of. From one of my yoga teachers, like that's the essence of a yogi is someone who is optimistic. Basically, looking to the situation, even if the current situation might be really challenging, it's like how can I make this better. Let's look towards the positive resolution for everybody, not just for me. How can how not just how I can make this better for me? What can I get out of it? It's actually how, how can I make this better for myself and the people around me as well? How can we make this better for the community? People who are community focused and finding yourself run towards that is one of the things that I found to be really powerful in my journey. And and the will use in yoga nidra is very much about this of, Choosing really clearly what you want, which is kind to, just by default, the other things that don't serve that are gonna fall away. So if you want sobriety, if you want wellness, if you want inner harmony, what are the things that are gonna take you closer to that? Who are the people who can bring you closer to that? As you just suggested, look, look up to the people who've already got what you want. If you want what I've got, then do what I do. And you'll find most people, my, certainly my experience, who are living a life style that is desirable for me, I go, they're really happy to share their experience. They're really happy to share their time. You're coming in there authentically and going, hey, I just want to communicate with you. I don't need to move into your house, not yet anyway. I just want to communicate with you and just to get some understanding of what you're doing in your life and just that reaching out of like, hey, I need help. I think that's the big part of it too, Danny. that willingness to ask for help.
1: Yeah. But I think also once we've got that, it's like, okay, how can I create a community? How can I get people around me that are going to lift me to where I want to go? And like you said, Mm. it's asking, choosing what you want. So it's not saying we have to ditch our old friends by no means, but I tell you what, there's no quicker way to become a dickhead than start hanging out with dickheads. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's no quicker way to raise your vibration than hang around or be around or listen to people that have what you want Mm -hmm. and asking you, choosing what you want. What is it I want? We've been talking recently in my group about a super goal, like what's your super goal? Like not just I want a quick booze, not just I want a a nice house and a nice car, but what is it that you want? Mm -hmm. How do you want to be in life? For me, I want to be secure. I want peace and calm in my life and joy and I have to be around that. Mm. I need to be around people that have that as well. So, Absolutely. I'm working towards that. It's, and and really choosing higher minded people to be around mm. is just so so important. And it's good to look then at your current community. And again, it's not judging, but just looking at perhaps the friends or the people I'm hanging out with. What are they giving me? What are they? Br- I love the Mamma Kin song. What are you bringing to my table? Mm. What are you bringing to my table? again it's not that we have to get rid of them but maybe we don't want to spend every weekend with people that just want to do the same thing and stay in a a place that's not healthy and it's not at a higher vibration even if it means sometimes you know what mark i would rather be on my own i would rather spend a whole weekend alone than hang Mm. out with dickheads or Mm. hang out with people that aren't making me feel good or people that scoff at my choices yeah that don't get me don't love me like if you don't love me See you later. Like, I don't need someone to be up my ass or anything like that, but I want to be around people like you that I feel safe with or people that want the best for us. It's an
0: interchange. If you come into that situation and know what you've been like to me in our friendship is that you're very positive and, and, and it's just like, oh, wow, I want this. This person brings positivity and expansion into my world. There's a a sense of brightness. You challenge me because you're constantly looking further. And I'm like, wow, okay, this is cool. Like these are the sort of friends I want. I want people who are in a similar sort of life experience, Mm -hmm. but, you know, who want similar things and but are looking in different directions, which is going to bring more information to me. And that sense of if you're, you're looking for joyful people, if you are a joyful person, then that joy is going to be reflected. So you come and yeah. look at me and you smile. I'm like, oh, I smile back. Choosing where you want your energy to go is so important. As far as the friendship, I think a lot of people who I'm always sort of reflecting back to, what are people thinking in their sort of their newly sober or contemplating sobriety? And they're, oh, you know, it's going to really make it difficult to spend time with my friends and my family, perhaps. And it's like, I get that. There's a a Dr. Seuss quote that said, "Those people who, who mind don't matter, and the people who matter don't mind." Those people who truly love you, they will understand. They will understand that. Hey, you know what? I need to evolve. I need to change my lifestyle because the way I've been living is, has not been serving me, and and it's you know ultimately, in, in that case, not serving you. The people who truly matter to you will understand that, and there will naturally be, I think, some people who will fall away. But what I found. Back in my drinking days, I had two sets of friends. I had yogi because I was practicing yoga. I kind of had this quasi-spiritual side to me as well. But I'd have my yogi friends or my sort of fairly, my functional friends and I'd spend time with them. And then I had my party animal friends who I love. I wanted to be able to go out and party with them. And, and there was a few of those party animal friends that, have fallen away, and that's okay. We sort of maybe still in contact on social media or whatever. But there's a few of my friends who I used to party with. I sort of I did have a period of time where I didn't see them very much, but we manage the connections, and they understand that I don't drink. Some of them do drink, probably a bit less than what they used to. Maybe there's a few of my surfing buddies, and we just go surfing together, or we meet up for coffee, we meet up for lunch. I'm not going to meet them at the pub, not very often. I actually saw one of my friends the other week who was. One of my best friends who, who likes to drink you know i absolutely love this person but they were pretty drunk we saw, I saw them at an event i was like uh oh, okay i just need to i don't want to hang out with drunk people like I, I can handle a little bit but mm-hmm. <laughs> is that what i want to do is hang out with people who are living their full best life like that's what i'm choosing that's what i've chosen I I, that's what i choose for myself yeah. and so therefore i choose to, as much as possible to hang out with people spend my time with people who are who are in that same experience. And thankfully for us, there's lots of people that you can find who are living that sort of lifestyle.
1: Yeah. One thing I would say too, Mark, for people that feel like, oh, my God, that's all I've got. I'm just surrounded by people mm. that are huge drinkers and people that may be on a lower vibration to the, where I want to be at the moment, but what do I do because it's going to feel lonely? Like I said earlier, honestly, I'd rather just go home and be lonely or I'm not even mm. lonely anymore. I love my own company. I am my own best friend
0: now. I love
1: hanging out with Danny. She's cool. She's a cool chick.
0: She's cool. Yeah. A, Danny and I had a great time today.
1: Danny and I hung out last night. <laughs> it was brilliant, Mark. <laughs> but, uh,
0: <laughs> you could just have your own podcast where you just talk to yourself, interview yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah. Danny, oh, that's the the Danny say. and Danny show. No, the podcast. <laughs> so if you don't have people in your corner at the moment, then mm. just listen to people. So things like my podcast mm. or other podcasts where people are. Striving for more. Rich Roll's a fucking great one. Michael Singer, obviously. I just, especially at times if I have felt lonely in the past, I would just listen constantly to, Mm. well, Wayne Dyer was my big one, obviously. I just listened to Wayne over and over because I didn't really have anyone like him in my life back then, Mm. right at the start. But just to listen to that was like I became best friends with Wayne before I became best friends with me. And Mm. do you know what I mean? So if you don't have it in your corner yet then just listen, listen to podcasts, let that keep you company for a while. And also better to listen to that than keep yourself company with the news. Cause that's all negative too. That's in the long term. Yeah,
0: yeah the, the news is really low yeah. vibration. It really yeah, it is. is. It's just so, I mean, I, I struggle with it, this desire just to cut off, and I'm sure a lot of people do, but we're just massively overexposed to too much yeah. information, which is not It's not an accurate representation of the truth. I think it's okay to know what's going on in the world, but yeah. the news that we get is not an accurate representation of the truth yeah. because otherwise there would be the overwhelming positive number of stories, because what's actually happening in the world for the most part is positive. <laughs> However, what we see through the news, the majority is negative because that's trading on our anxiety. It's, it's hectic. Now, if you look at the po- you know, a lot of podcasts or yeah, certain social media channels, but a lot of podcasts are really just focused on positivity. That's where you want your attention to be as much as possible. I yeah. think focusing on optimism and positivity.
1: Well, it's like hanging out with a toxic friend. So mm. get rid of it. If we can start to recognize, like I say, you feel it in your body. Like if you hang out with someone and you walk away feeling a bit yuck or you felt like your train of thought or the conversation went in a direction that you're kind of not that stoked with, then okay, maybe mm. let that person go for a while. And if we let people go for a bit, they come back as they're meant to. So the mm. thing you said, you still see your party friends. I still see some of my old party friends, but more, I might bump into them down the street and I love the shit out of them. I love them. I did then and I still do now, but I don't want to hang out with them every weekend because Mm. I think we, especially if you're someone that wants to fit in, and I reckon a lot of binge drinkers like myself, probably like you, we desperately wanted to fit in. And that's probably why we ended up where we did as well and and hanging out with the people that we did hang out with because we wanted to fit in. And I, I can only really speak for myself here. If you have a tendency to want to fit in, then if you start hanging out with people or you're around people that... I hate to say lower standard because it sounds judgy, but let's just go with that. You know, or not we're It's
0: just different standards, different yeah. values. It's not yeah. better or worse. It's just different. Yeah. You've chosen what you want. So you need to choose people who want the same thing. And if you're yes. choosing people with different standards, then as you say, it could be problematic.
1: Well, if we're someone who wants to fit in, then we're going to naturally, and it's a subconscious thing. I don't even think we realize it before long, we, we're going to want to fit in with those people. Mm. And so then we're going back to old patterns. And gosh, even if it's not drinking, perhaps, yeah, I'm going back to old ways of talking, old ways of being, and that's not where I want to be. So if you're someone who wants to fit in, then try and surround yourself with people that are where you want to be, because you're going to want to fit in with them. So you're going to start to do the practices. It's still about becoming your own person, but community is everything. Well, talk to me about in yoga. I know we don't like to waffle. I don't like too much of the Mm. yoga jargon, but it is good too. The word sangha, which means community.
0: Why is it so important that important in yoga? It's fundamental. It, it actually in Buddhism, they speak about Sangha a lot. I mean, it's a root term basically comes from Sangam, which is a sangam is a meeting point of two rivers. Uh, it's a meeting point essentially, sangam. So the a Sangha is a community of people who meet together and meet together to flow in a similar direction, which is, a thing is a nice expression of that. The Buddha spoke about three essentials upon the spiritual path. One is to have a teacher. One is to have the teachings, the practices. So you've got the teachings, which are whatever it is, the technique, whether it's breath work or mindfulness that you are looking to explore. And then you've got a teacher, somebody who's done those teachings, who actually has explored that system, whatever it is. And so can explain to you how to do it, but also explain to you the potential challenges, pitfalls along the way. And then the fundamental third element is the Sangha, the community. So you've got the teachings, the practice, you've got the teacher to instruct you and the teachings, but then you've got a community of people who are doing these practices with you and are exploring the path together, the three fundamentals of any spiritual journey. And if you look at whether it's Buddhism, whether it's yoga, whether it's Christianity, You see it in things like AA, 12-step recovery, where the community is really fundamental. But any sort of spiritual path that is successful over the time has always had those three elements in some way, shape or form.
1: That's awesome. Look, I always get the feedback with my groups that I run, that that's the most important thing for them is the community Mm. that we create. It's like a little family because we're all on the same trip. We're all just going through this together. We're all, as Ram Dass says, we're all just walking each other home and we feel safe within those. And it's true, there's all those elements. There's the teacher, which I think can be all of us, or the person that's, I guess, leading that thing that night. There's the teachings, Mm. which probably the fundamentals of the course, and there's the community. I think it feels good, like even say on a retreat, like where we did that retreat together at the end, everyone feels so yummy. It's not just mm. all the practices, but I think the yumminess also is the connection.
0: That time in Sangha, it's so, mm. so valuable to have that. It's I mean, I see with in my yoga community as well. People come for that connection and to to build that and to build build spaces where that can happen it's different to hanging out in. I mean look that's what people go to the pub I think if you've got your core crew of people at the pub that's what you're looking for but there's a bit of a disparity with what people actually want that if you're bringing people together I know within your graduates group you have this really strong network of people and I've got to know a whole bunch of them over over the time they love where they're at they love that sense of community and connection and fellowship because it's they want the same thing ultimately they want the same thing and and they're then they're walking a similar path and they can share the stories and share the experience so they're all the conversation you probably don't even know that they're happening a lot of the time but that connection that happens outside of you you've lit the the fire the spark in in that community but the community exists so there is a a Buddhist teacher Thich Nhat Hanh who started Plum Village in France a very well-known Buddhist teacher who passed away a few years ago from Vietnam originally I believe and one of his core teachings was the community is the new guru. So in this age of the, the guru, you have this, like I mean, certainly so the age of gurus and the yoga, you have these powerful teachers who would carry a mess, you know, they carried the message out of India and Asia into the West. And a lot of them fell by the wayside and and had problems in, because having, putting all the, the, pressure and responsibility on that single individual, it's problematic. Whereas if you've got a community of people who hold that same sensibility, there's multiple points for failure that you've got that somehow or another, the the community will succeed. Individuals, we are fallible. But if you've got this community of people who are holding the same value, that develops this guru-like status. And I actually heard it said that the the next Buddha, the next enlightened Buddha would actually be a community, not just an individual. And I've yeah. spoken about that through mm. the Tibetan Buddhist lineage as well.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's so true. Absolutely. And I believe that too. I think we learn so much in community that they're mm. not necessarily should be a guru, but we're just if we're on the same path and we're just learning from each other, hopefully, and there's just little bits of wisdom. So like last night in this call, a couple of, like I said, the older grads shared a bit of their wisdom about mm. a similar situation that this person was going through and we're all learning. So it's so true in that moment too. Everyone in that group last night was the, I hate the term guru, but yeah, everyone was the teacher because we we're all yeah. just there learning. We're all students of each other. Okay, so tell me, I love this whole the three fundamentals of spirituality and sangha. So if someone is being around people that Mm. have been like that, they've grown up with them, they had decades of just binge drinking with the same people every weekend, how does someone create this for themselves, Mark? What would you say would be some good steps forward to create first finding a teacher, then the teachings Mm. and the community? I mean, that seems hard for people, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, look, I'm a big fan of just, reaching outwards and find someone in your community. I mean, a drug and alcohol, if it's alcohol, drugs, a drug and alcohol counselor is a great place to start. That is essentially a teacher at some level, although interesting. I mean, a lot of those people do have direct experience in drug and alcohol use, but it's interesting with psychologists, for example, we spoke about before the fact that you and I had a lived experience with alcohol abuse. And, And actually, when we talk to people about it, it's like, yeah, I get it. I get it because I've been there. Maybe not exactly there, but in some way, shape or form, I had it. And we're really open about that as part of our our storytelling. But a psychologist, oftentimes, not always you've got psychologists who've definitely (laughs) walked the path, but you have some psychologists who have lived fairly sensible lives. And when they're talking about to people who've got whatever it is, they don't necessarily talk from a space of empathy, of actual true understanding because they haven't been there themselves. But- I mean that's where recovery fellowship is so important but i think to start with a drug and alcohol counselor is a great way to go great place to start and also a psychologist and just to talk about things and find that direct connection find that drama I mean, as you mentioned before listening to podcasts but i think having to be heard i think the support that you offer is amazing for people for people who've i guess a lot of people here have had experience with your groups but that's an option if people haven't i think that's a really good option maybe it's aa or 12-step fellowship maybe Again, it could be hospital. There's lots of, it could be a priest. It could be a spiritual teacher. It could be coming to a yoga class. Well, for me, it was a whole bunch of different things, to be honest. It wasn't, I was, um, I've shared before, I actually went into rehab. I went into 12-step fellowship, which was really valuable. But at the same time, I actually went deeply into a yoga community. And I sort of found that the two helped to balance each other out. So the yoga community... There was a sense of, I mean, it was an ashram-based yoga community, so I was spending a lot of time in an ashram, which was residential, and I just had this opportunity to be really immersed in that experience over over years, and that helped to oh, gee, heal me so, so deeply. It's so, so deeply. But at the same time, the 12-step fellowship kept it very real about whether we were there talking about alcohol. So whereas in yoga, you can get a little bit lost because it's, whilst spirituality is is the core part of the message there's not often much talk about drug use or alcohol use it's just sort of considered to be forgotten yet
1: yeah. yeah absolutely well for me like i know that m- like my teacher was definitely Wayne Dyer like i just that was mm. the first person i resonated with that was on a different i hadn't heard anything like what he was offering before really mm. i hadn't opened myself or exposed myself to those kind of spiritual teachings i grew up in a christian household like full on tambourine tongue speaking, fucking crazy shit. Okay. But, and I, so I was a bit repulsed by spirituality because mm. I can't stand that stuff. It still makes me cringe a little bit. <laughs> so I was always a bit scared of that word. But once mm. I realized, yeah, once I had Wayne, that started to open up. I'd start to listen to his teachings and put them into practice. Mm. So everything that I was picking up from him, I'll go, okay, I'm going to try that. I'll try a little bit of that. Cause that's worked for him. I know he's been on his own journey. He's done a lot Mm. of healing. Okay, I'll try that. And then also with the yoga teaching, of course, my friend Lissy Turner and and Shane, but I know Lissy had been where I had been. So Mm. I liked her teaching. I'd find yoga teachers that were similar. You know, I'd like them Mm. covered in tattoos, but not a bit rough around the edges perhaps or someone that's really honest and can speak honestly about where they've been. When I was in Bali and I'd go to some of the yoga classes and no one was smiling at each other and the teachers were a bit, more worried about standing on their heads than the connection mm. with the people. I wouldn't really go back again. And it just started to develop. It all started from there. It's, so I it's, think finding it's out the there. Future. Yeah,
0: It's out there. Like you said, but you looked for it. You went looking for it. You kind of knew what you wanted and there was that essence that I think you've mentioned to me before of like you want authenticity, you want humility, someone who's actually – preaching for them. and it's like you, you it's interesting to hear you say because you you know you started in wayne dyer you you found lissy turner who's just so uh, such a great speaker and such a great teacher but also she owns her story and that's so inspiring for me people and you know i do see a bit of this in the yoga world people who are kind of trying to be a little bit holier than thou and it just yeah it, it's it's never resonated with me but i was like you i, I was looking for teachers who could really speak their truth and had something along that level that they could share with me.
1: Yeah, our bullshit meter mm. can go off pretty quickly and I think mm. we know, we just know, we think, no, no, you're full of shit.
0: Mm. See ya. Well, I, I grew up in extreme Catholicism, so I sort of had that same heritage of not so much speaking tongues. I'd love to know more about that one day, but I got my, I literally went to a Catholic church every Sunday of my life from age zero to age 18. At the age of 18, I was kind of like, well, you've, I've given you 18 years to convince me and you haven't. So I'm walking, but what in fact happened there, what I did realize during, that, I was getting a lot of spirituality out of it. Like I did that connection to prayer, particularly that connection to song those churches Certainly, the church I went to, there was beautiful music, and I loved the singing. And I, there was a part, there was something happening, even if I was in a bit of denial. When I left the church, I sort of left everything. I didn't have, I didn't replace it with anything. That's kind of important. And mm. it, and and I replaced that with a party life, essentially. Another area, actually, that I found worked really well for me. I had a was in Byron Bay, and there was a salsa dancing community because we had this amazing thing i was at the northern on a monday night and it was the back room my friend simeon michaels who he had a t- t-shirts made up one time so it's a rhythmic enlightenment and it was this beautiful latin dance community when very few people would drink if they did drink it was very casually and the focus was on dancing and community and connection and and i wanted to socialize i really needed that but i didn't want to drink and so i mm. I, feel, I really feel it was about three or four years that was my spiritual community and it was amazing. I loved it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just doing something different too. But, yeah, I think you're right. Go looking for it. If you want to, if you feel that kind of pull towards something more, then, yeah, just mm. look around. It's everywhere. We can find the people. And if that's not your person, you'll move on and you'll find the right teacher for you. And it mm. might not be in person. Like Wayne was dead. When I mm. discovered him, he had passed a few years before. I was devastated, but yeah. Also, just going back to what you said, I think because we are geared towards community, we want community, and so now there's not so much of that church connection, perhaps. Mm. No wonder. And what you said earlier, I was sort of went ding ding when you're talking about the pub. That is community.
0: Mm, absolutely
1: that is that connection with people but it's just that what that community is giving you it might be giving you some connection but we want kind of connections that are raising our vibration perhaps Mm -hmm. when we're on the path I, i get it like if you're down the pub with your mates and you're still in that zone cool i get it but if you start to have this inkling okay there's something more i want something more could you step out a bit and start raising the vibration and raise your standards of the people you spend a lot of your time with. Don't they say that you are the result of the five people that you spend the mm-hmm. most time with?
0: That quote there is, well, not quote that fact as, as far as I understand it. We mentioned it a little while ago and that actually seeded this conversation we're having now for recollection. Uh, and that's so true that looking around at the five people that you are with on a frequent basis, the sum total of who they are, and go, well, I need to choose those people really carefully because that's going to have a profound effect on my life and look at how they're going. I've, I've heard it said, if you're, you're choosing a yoga teacher, look at how they're going in their life and also look at how their other students are going. What's, happening in their world and you do need to be mindful of that because someone can be really enigmatic and charming but if you look at the resonance of what's happening outside of what they're saying then that is indeed something that we need to be mindful of and there's unfortunately a few spiritual teachers out there in various lineages who do fit that category but finding people who I think just evolving that that BS meter is is a big part of that. And that's where meditation can really help just acknowledging that maybe there's a people pleaser inside us and that we don't necessarily have to bow down before other people to be recognized and be included. There's an art to that. The right people will just invite you in and hold the space for you to have your own experience and your own journey without mm-hmm. needing to take too much from you or not needing you to feed feed their egos, finding mm-hmm. the right type of teacher, but just having that trust. So so when you're ready, the right teacher will appear and that right community will be there and that you just need to take advantage of that situation, put yourself in front of that situation.
1: Yes, 100%. And it doesn't mean you stay there forever either. You might start with one teacher or group and then move on once you've kind of maybe you've learned mm. everything you need to learn there and that's okay. Move on. Yeah, once you feel like that's not serving you anymore, that's okay too to go, okay, no, and keep moving. But I guess if there's just some quality in someone that you feel like, yes, I love that. Yep, I love Mm. that about you. I want more of that. Yeah. I want to see a bit of that in my life. Then go and buy that person a coffee, go hang out, ask them to go for a walk, and you will start to make connections. You'll build your own community and you'll find the right people. But also when Mm. we are stuck in those other groups. It's hard to make space for the other people. Mm. Like if I kept on hanging out with the same group every weekend, even there was some times when I was lonely, I wouldn't have been able to make the friends that I've made now. I couldn't have because I would have been too busy hanging out with those other people every weekend. Or I might've felt so crap. I didn't want to be with these other people that are a bit high-minded. So it's important. I think it's really good to have this conversation. And so I think if you're struggling a bit, have a look at the people around you without judgment. It's hard. That's Mm. the hard part, but we're not judging them, but we're just saying, no, I don't want so much of that anymore. I want a bit more of something else.
0: I I, I would counter that and just say rather than judging or looking at what you don't want, look at what you do want. Put your attention towards where are the people you look at and go, I want what you've got. And there'll be some. There'll be some. We've all got some. And you look at that and go, well, if I want what they've got, then I need to do what they do. It's really simple. And so, look if, if they are having a good time at the pub, but some different people seem to be able to get away with alcohol. Well, then I couldn't get away with it. Certain people it certainly looked to me that could drink, drink and use drugs and still be fully balanced and integrated in their life, and that just certainly was not the case for me. It wasn't the case, so I needed to look to people who were sober and who were happy, and that was important. Who were physically fit and doing something worthwhile and meaningful in their life, and I actively sort those type of people out. And the common factors that I've always sort of seen is that they have some sort of meditation practice that they're doing, that their intake of substances, whatever that is, is usually minimal, if any. And that there's certain common factors that you see that these people are doing. They look after themselves physically, they're integrated, probably in a community, they're good socialists, certainly the ones that I was looking towards, they oh, they've got good positive friendships and relationships. And That's what I want. So then that's what I want. Then I need to start copying that person in a sense, you know, not exactly copy them, but take some of those qualities and see how can I cultivate that same quality in my own life.
1: 100%. And what you just said, I'm just going to circle back to that. was such a great quote. If I want what they've got, I've got to do what they do. Mm -hmm. Boom. If I want what they've got, I'm going to do what they do. I've got to do what they do. That's awesome, Mark. That should go on a T-shirt. (laughs) or maybe this if you want what i've got do what i do no that's a bit bit
0: that's a a little bit cocky uh you put (laughs) put it on out but you know but but hey we could we could try it
1: (laughs) i love that mark that's really really beautiful and so true so just expose yourself open yourself up be open don't be scared too like sometimes we feel like we're not good enough Mm -hmm. i definitely would have suffered that way back i'm not so much now but so Oh, even when I asked you to do that first retreat together, there was a bit of me that felt not good enough. And I just thought, ah, mm. fuck that. Just, you don't ask, you don't get. And mm. and it opened us up to that beautiful experience and and beautiful teachings and sharings. And yeah, notice if there's that part that shows up. that's a bit, I'm not good enough, but just mm. reach out. Something else interesting as well. One of my sisters is in my current challenge group mm. who I nearly said, no, 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 no. But I thought, oh, no, yeah, go on. And so she's joined the group and... A lot of her friends are big drinkers. She's in also a gym that's doing a six-week challenge as well at the moment. Anyway, one of the women in her challenge group from her gym saw a picture she'd posted of us doing a little walk in Melbourne last week. There was me and there was a couple of the grads and someone Mm -hmm. else in the current challenge group. So she posted it and this lady who's from her gym said, oh, and then Nat said something about being, you know, it was her second week sober. And then this woman said, oh my God, I'm two years sober. And it's just like, mm. is that your sister? Like, turned out that she's been listening to podcasts for a couple of years as well. Mm. Two years sober, and that's like, that chick's really cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, if she hadn't probably been at that thing with us, she wouldn't have posted the picture. Now she's made this connection with this woman who's really cool.
0: Yeah. Sober for two years. It's so beautiful. I had a similar experience, actually. I have a, a family member, probably one of my greatest challenges with being exposed to alcohol of my family get-togethers, and there's a New lot tech. of alcohol in, in, involved. And I have one family member who's kind of approached me over the years and went, oh, I'm struggling with alcohol. I know you're sober. How did you do it? And you know, know, when people sort of just sniffing, they sniffing around the edges, but not quite ready to commit. And then I hadn't seen them for a couple of years and we were at a family get together which was a kid's birthday party i think earlier this year and they've come up to me and said oh you know what i heard you on danny's podcast it's like i've been so inspired by danny's podcast i've actually been sober for i think it's like over a year maybe nearly two years now and just that was so lovely to hear you and share the story and know that we've got that in common it's just like isn't that just the sweetest thing and now we're sort of together at the big family get togethers and everyone else. So just a little, it's can just be really quiet. Like if between us, it's just really quiet. It's just a little fist bump of like, we got this, we've got each other. And it's one of the things I have noticed certainly in my family is that Mike have adult kids and and they barely drink and they barely drink because I don't drink. And in fact, their mother doesn't really drink either, but they, so I have this little team of, of sober people at the parties, but it's me, this other family member and my kids who are like, all pretty sober, whereas, I mean, our family get together. We're Irish Catholics, so they're big. Uh, There's lots of people, and they're beautiful and rambunctious, but it's so nice just to have that little solid core, and it took a certain level that it started with me. Well, actually, you know, there was another family member who was another sort of cousin who helped me to get sober, who's been sober for like 30 years, and that gets passed. I mean, this is without – no, I won't tone it down. This is big stuff. This is healing the intergenerational wounds. that I've inherited this – these wounds that have come down through a lineage of really broken people who've been damaged along the way. So it, I said a lot of Irish Catholics, I sort of said, I was the, the product of these manic depressive English Protestants and just the mad Irish Catholics. And so our, our get-togethers were rambunctious and wild and very drunk. But that's changing because of, to some effect, because of me, I am that ripple effect change that's happening. And just without, I don't go waving the flag and telling you chasing people down the street harassing them about drinking like I fully get the people love alcohol and that's fine that's fine I just want to represent that if you maybe you don't love alcohol so much or maybe alcohol just doesn't love you so much anymore I'm just here to represent as I think you are Danny that there's an option you do have a choice and we're here to sort of show you what that choice could look like yeah
1: 100% and it's really cool that you're creating your own little community of sober fist bumpers in your own family Mm -hmm. and I think that's amazing yeah. And the only other thing I just wanted to end on, Mark, as well, is just thinking about this is one thing I had to practice early. And I actually made a list, I don't know if it sounds harsh, of what I will and won't tolerate. Mm. That was what I did in my first year of sobriety because I think that's important to realise what I won't tolerate in friendships anymore, but that perhaps mm. I had been tolerating, which was also lowering my vibration. I remember mm. once I hired a house and some some people came and stayed at the house with me because I sort of felt two people pleased me to say no. So I booked mm. this house and had another person there who was a sober person. Anyway, the people that came and stayed, massive drinkers, they've shuffled in with this huge, big speaker and their plan was to party. And they were up at mm. 12, 1 in the morning, blaring the music. I'd hired this Airbnb. I'm freaking out. I'm stressing because of the neighbors and I'm going to get complaints. And the person who was there was really drunk and said to me, you're a fucking party pooper. Look, you're a fucking party pooper now. You've changed, Mm, you know, and it hit my stuff in such a big way. And I was a bit upset and I let them keep going because they'd said that to me and I didn't want to be a party people. Mm. I just went to bed and I felt really hurt and I felt a bit, yeah, yeah, I was a bit upset. But what I've realised after that was lesson learnt, Danny. I should have known that in the first place because I knew the sort of people that they were and I thought what I won't tolerate is that. So I won't tolerate I'm not going to ask like these people who are huge big drinkers to come and and shuffle in with their big speaker. I'm not tolerating Mm. that anymore. I want to, if I book a holiday for myself or book a house, I'm going to invite people there to be with me that we're on the same wavelength Mm. because see what happens when we kind of go into that people pleasing mode and bring in people that aren't where we want to be at. It just feels shit. You feel shit. And they probably felt shit too. They probably Probably. felt judged. They probably felt, we all felt shit.
0: It effort. wasn't working for anyone. It, what needs to happen from your perspective, and I think what you do do now is this consciously curating your own life. Your life is yep. so short and it's mm. so precious we're sort of nearing midlife it's like wow how how do you want to spend the next 20 30 40 50 years of your life where what do you want it to look like and i do not want awkwardness and anxiety and i want to be having fun i want to be in harmony i want to consciously particularly at your recreation time it's like this is for me this is the time where i get to relax and i want to have experiences that i treasure And I wanna have people around me that that help to enhance that experience. I don't wanna have awkward social encounters on my time. No way, I haven't got time for that. So I think where we're looking towards being the conscious curator of your own life and your lifestyle, becoming empowered with that. And over time, as I'm sure you have, you come to understand that you can actually make these really positive choices. There's awesome people that if you hand pick them and go, you know, I'm renting this house I want some people around. I'm going to invite these people and we're going to make beautiful food together. I don't really spend, I hate to say it's been much time up after 10 o'clock. Most times I do like to try Same. and get out because I do like to party too. I love to go to parties. I love to I actually need to make more of an effort for that. But again, I need to be conscious about how I do that. Choosing the right type of party. be more than likely it's a sort of a cool music festival or a gig or where there's great music where I can dance. That, for me, that's a big part of it, being able to listen to music and dance. Mm. Uh, but doing it in a way that works for me, that I, I, I consciously choose rather than just being dragged along to what everyone else is doing
1: hundred percent handpicking your people. Like I always go, one of my sisters, Debbie, she's been on a spiritual path for a long time. She's the most, just yummiest person. And I always go away. We hire houses together a lot. And I don't really mm. let anyone else come because we cook together. We listen to music. We'll do a bit of breath work sometimes in the morning or the night. We go to bed early. It's just about the food and the the beautiful chats. We just sit there with a a cup of whatever and talk Mm. and and listen. She's always been someone that I've looked up to since I was a little girl, just because she was a bit different. She was on a Mm. bit of a spiritual path. She's an incredible human and I love being around her. So she's one person that I always handpick. I'll bring her and say, let's get a nice Airbnb. And she's like, Mm. yes. And we go. And it's just a beautiful time. And yeah. so, yeah, curating your own life and handpicking mm. the experiences that you want with the people that, that are enhance. going to support and enhance that experience. Mm.
0: I have a brother who is a winemaker and he's a really good winemaker. His name's Justin Percy. You can look him up, he's one of Australia's best won all the big awards he's down in victoria and he's like my best friend we were really 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 close we're 18 months apart we grew up together we fought like dogs just had idea each other but we just have this deep and abiding love for each other it's uh, he's about 18 months older than me and it's been challenging i've never tasted so he was in france studying and working a, as a winemaker in france and then I gave up drinking just before he came back to Australia and that was about sort of 12, 13 years ago and he has subsequently had this huge career developing wine in Australia and he's famous and I've never tasted his wine, but we're still really close and we choose, really consciously choose to- look towards the things that we love to do together that aren't alcohol focused because we used to be drinking buddies and he doesn't have the problem the same issues with alcohol i mean i'm a yoga teacher and he's a he's a winemaker and he seems to be able to navigate his way using alcohol and does it in a way that never quite worked for me. We love to go skiing together and we love camping together. So we, we're we both really outdoorsy guys. That's what we used to do when we were younger. We'd go on these crazy adventures. And nowadays we usually always have a skiing trip every year and we go camping somewhere. And he's got young boys who are really close to. It can work with people who... do use alcohol we just do it in a different way so he'll have a few drinks and i say okay see you later and i tune out at the end of the day i'll go and meditate and i really showcase what that looks like in front of him too
1: him yeah it's all about people who support your choices as well so one of my best friends lisa so she's not a huge you know she doesn't get shit faced but she likes to party but she supports my choices it took us a while to find our groove when Mm. i had stopped drinking of course but she supports me. So when I go to her place, obviously it looks a bit different than how it used to. But she's got a beautiful mm. tea shop. So we make some tea and she, we cook food. And it's the same thing. She supports my choices. You know, she might have a laugh and go, You want to taste this? Or it's not like you're a vacuum party peeper. It's not like that. So yeah, yeah it, it, as long as people are supporting your choices, how about those beautiful friends? I hear this in the challenge all the time that someone's gone around to a friend's place and they're a bit worried, and their friends bought them a bottle of alcohol free wine or alcohol-free beers, and just to say, here, I support you and I Mm. accept you as you are and what you're doing. And I think that's beautiful. That's just so beautiful. It's also about the people that respect our choices. Yeah, I think it's a good sign when we share something, we might share a dream that we have or we share what we want for ourselves and if that person we're sharing that with scoffs at us or gives us a hard time about that, that's what I'm talking about of what I won't tolerate. Mm. It's like, no, you Mm. are not my person. Go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But thankfully for you, the people who really matter don't mind. Like my brother and your friend is like, they actually, they treasure our friendship. They're willing to take a risk and to make themselves a little bit uncomfortable as well. So we've lost that one common thing, which is alcohol, but we need to, every relationship needs to have commonality and you've got to have something that you both, that brings you both into happiness together. And, you know, my brother and I, we love to ski together and be out in the woods together and just generally do adventurous stuff. And that's always been our common, that was bigger than alcohol. So we have that together and it's just having that commonality that you can find and then just nurture that, put the attention into that and whatever else kind of becomes irrelevant, but just focusing what we actually want.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's awesome, Mark. Thank you so much. I uh, love our chats and it's great to see you again. And I'm excited. We've got our two retreats next year have sold out and that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to get in there and just creating that beautiful container again with the amazing people that are joining us. I'm excited. The- sangha.
0: It's, yeah, it's sangha. really important.
1: Absolutely. I've also yeah. signed up for your yoga teacher training next year, which is well, something I never thought I would do. I don't mm. want to become a yoga teacher per se, but I would like to use it in my work because different yoga practices have supported me in my time. So I'd like to You're already a it.
0: yoga teacher. You're well, teaching yoga every day. Absolutely, you're a yoga teacher. It's what you do. You teach yoga as far as I'm concerned by my yeah. definition of yoga, which is helping bring people into alignment with their higher consciousness. That's what you do, isn't it?
1: Well, yeah, I guess. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. I'm excited about that. And then just going deeper again, like learning from you, sitting, hearing you and yeah, what you've got to offer. You're incredibly knowledgeable, but yeah. And just digging deeper into those practices and I just love it. Me love too. Learning. Me so too. Good.
0: Me too. You know, we're a learning community as much as anything. You really inspired me this study with Gabo Mate and I've sort of taken a casual study. I haven't signed up for any formal studies. I'm very tempted, but interest. I was in sumatra this year with one of my colleagues and good friend simon dubois who's a psychologist who i've worked with alongside at byron bay and we were both reading together gabble's book uh the myth of normal it was sparked from you and sort of came into well my friend simon has had his own journey of studying with gabble and that's how it happens like we're feeding each other's interest and we have this rolling conversation about the nature of trauma and our relationship with trauma and it's cool like when you can bring that conversation into your just immediate social group, and you're hanging out with people who can see things in the same context. It's it's really nourishing. It, it's a great way to live a life for sure. Mm,
1: absolutely, hundred percent. Awesome, Mark. Thank you, and have a wonderful day.
0: Thank you so much, Danny. And I'll talk to you soon. Om, om, om.
1: Thank you, mate. See ya. Peace out.